on the night before Jesus went back to the Father. He, he spent the last evening of his life in intimate conversation with his closest friends. And during that night, he said some things about what the future would hold. That's what he said. Nevertheless, he tells, tells them, uh, John 16, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Spirit, re Spirit reveals what God really thinks about. And if you think about what the Spirit does, um, different things might come to mind. But probably one of the clearest things that describes what the Spirit does is he's a revealer. He tells us about what God really thinks about. And in that time, a couple different things. Sin. The Spirit tells us what God really thinks about sin, and sin is what's wrong. And the Spirit tells us about righteousness. And we think of righteousness, think of right. The Spirit tells us about what God really thinks about righteousness, what's right. And the Spirit tells us about what God thinks about judgment, what's, who's guilty. So the Spirit reveals to us what God really thinks about what's wrong, what's right, and who's guilty. And tonight we're going to think a little bit about the Spirit tells us about righteousness, what's right. It says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. The one thing that, that you had when Jesus was here, we knew what righteousness looked like. Because all you had to do to understand what's right is look at the way Jesus lived. And you, and you look at what he said, and you look at what he thought, and you look at how he treated people, and, and you look at how he conducted himself. And whatever you saw Jesus do, you could say, that's right, that's right. That's right. That's right. So we had a living example of what righteousness was like. Jesus knew that when he went back to the Father, the world at that time would no longer see righteousness in action. You know, you'd look around and you couldn't really determine what righteousness was because the person who revealed what that looks like left to go back to the Father. Jesus knew that when his followers wouldn't be able to see him, they will become confused about what's right. He promised that the Spirit would help to solve the problem. The Spirit would help to solve the problem. The Spirit reveals what God really thinks about righteousness, what's right. I promise that the Spirit would help us to remember what righteousness is like. How would the Spirit do this? Let me tell you what Jesus said earlier in the evening when he spent that night with them. This is what he said in John 14. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So what the Spirit's job was is to 
teach the disciples all things and bring to their remembrance all that Jesus said to them. Because the Spirit did his job, we have the New Testament of the Bible. If the Spirit didn't help them to remember what he said and remember what he did, we really wouldn't have any idea what righteousness looks like. But what the Spirit did, he reminded the disciples about what Jesus said. And he reminded them about what Jesus did. And you know what they did? They wrote it down. And they wrote it down, and they wrote letters. And many of the disciples wrote letters because the Spirit reminded him of what happened. And uh, if, they, if the Spirit hadn't done this, we really wouldn't know much about Jesus. We wouldn't know what he did. We wouldn't know what he said. And because we didn't know what he did or said, we wouldn't know what righteousness looks like. There were a lot of people that claimed to hear from Jesus. And that happened in the early days of the church. People claimed that Jesus talked to them. And they wrote letters as if Jesus told them, I want you to write this down. And some of the things these people wrote are in letters that are passed down to us, but they they don't make a lot of sense. So what the church leaders did they say, you know what we got to do? We, got to, we have to take those writings that people wrote who were with Jesus, like the disciples. So they saw him firsthand, so they can remember when he said this and remember when he did this. And so they started to collect those things. And the people who weren't around, they kind of set those letters to the side. And the writings that were written by people who were there, they started to pull these ones together. And what the leaders of the church did in, in the years following, when Jesus went back to the Father, they said, you know what, let's do, let's collect all those ones. The ones that we know are from people who were with him, and that has become the New Testament of the Bible. That's, there's 27 letters, books, and because the Spirit reminded the disciples, we know what Jesus said and did, and we know what righteousness looks like. Um, the Spirit reveals right words. The Spirit also reveals deep thoughts. This is a bathosphere. What a bathosphere is, if you look at the surface, in fact, this is water. You can't really see it, but you can see a boat, and you understand there's water. You can't really see what's underneath the level of the water because it doesn't show you what's under the level of the water. You need special ships. This ship goes on top of the water. This ship goes below. It's called a bathosphere. And a bathosphere is something that helps to reveal what's in the deep parts of the water. You know what I'm going to have you do? I'm going to have you think about this bathosphere, something that plunges underneath the surface and lets you see what's underneath the surface of water. I'm going to have you look at that, and when you look at that, I want you to think of the Spirit of God. Here's what it says. The Spirit searches everything. See this. The Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Um, the Spirit reveals the deep thoughts of God. God can appear to be one way on the surface, but to get underneath what God thinks deep down inside, that's the Spirit's job, to communicate to us about the deep thoughts of God. It says in this verse, again, let me read it, The Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts 
except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The spirit of God knows what God thinks way deep down inside. And the spirit reveals those deep thoughts to us. Here's my question. What are God's deep thoughts like? When God tells you about what he thinks deep down inside, what do you think he talks about? I think he talks about how concerned he is about you when he tells you about his deep thoughts, that he's kind of puzzled about why you do this and don't do that. Listen to what it says. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Here's what it says. Listen. See if you can pick out what the Spirit talks to us about, the things that are deep down in God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. When you look down into the depths of God, you know what you find? Things freely given. The Spirit reveals what God freely gives us. When you spend time in the Bible, reading about what Jesus did and what Jesus said and what people who were with him and knew him thought, you know what you're going to find as you go on, as you become more and more familiar, as you understand? You're going to see more and more clearly what God freely gives, because that deep down, God's gifts are not earned rewards. They're unearned gifts. Uh, God doesn't do things because he has to do them. God does things because he wants to do them, and he gives them freely. God does things because he loves us. Denise, come on up. We're going to read a story. We pray for us. Father, thank you for um, not only what you do, but why you do it. Nobody constrains you to love us. It's a choice. The Father gives the Son, and the Son makes that same choice. You didn't force your Son. It's, you don't do things like that. Um, thanks for um, your care for us and um, by the chance to be able to be mindful of it tonight. Um, Jesus' name. Amen. If you are um, so disposed, on the way out, there is a sheet. We're serving at the banquet a week from tomorrow. Could you some more folks? And so it's an opportunity to give some food to people who need it. It's, a, it's really a, it's a nice one once you're there. It's something you're glad you do. You take morning and you have time. It, you take time to do it. But when you're there doing it, it's something that is appealing. So if you saw that there's a sheet on the round table out there, sign up and, and let's go do that. Otherwise, we'll see you Sunday, perhaps.